It's not a new topic. Nothing's new in the Bible. Right. There's nothing. If it's, not, if it's new, maybe you shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> right? You shouldn't listen to it if it's, nobody's ever heard about it before. Okay. So, but who in here likes, we're getting ready to have Christmas, aren't we? Who likes a good gift? Who, who, some of you are not raising your hand, but I know that you would not refuse a gift if it was offered to you. Okay, well, we'll pray for you later if you would. Um, but I like, I like gifts, and I've been doing a little online shopping here recently. He's probably watching. And you know what I like? And I notice around Christmas time, they start putting together some packages. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you, you'll buy that package just because of the extra stuff they put in there. I say, forget about that real, you know, because I want everything in that package. And so they put together some really good packages. So we're going to talk, though, about the best package. We're going to talk about the best package deal tonight. Amen. Because, and I know even you guys like package deals. Yeah. Because Chris really liked that package deal on that tractor he got. He didn't just buy the tractor. No, 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 no. He got the trailer. And the bucket, and the, is it called a brush hog or a bush hog? Bush hog, like a bush hog. Why is it not called a brush hog? I don't know. But that too, I mean, he got the whole shebang. And I know there's other stuff that he didn't get, but, but he got a good little package there. So I know guys like this too. Okay, so we're, we're talking about a really good package deal tonight. Okay. But first, we're going to have a little history lesson. Okay? Now, let's go, we're going to go back to the beginning. Adam and Eve. We'll end in Revelation tonight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. I'm just kidding. Okay, so Adam and Eve, they messed up. Did they not? Did they not mess up? I mean, God created, God created things, and he wanted a family. He wanted, he wanted family. He wanted somebody that's going to love him back. And so he created Adam and Eve. And he just said, he just said, don't do this one thing. I mean, can you not? You got the whole thing, right? You just don't do this one thing. Okay. I mean, just don't do it. Don't eat that fruit from that particular tree. Yeah. But listen, when he created them, let's think about their situation when he created them. Okay? They were complete. They had complete, unhindered fellowship with God. Right? They had full, like they didn't have to get an an appointment to see him. He walked with them in the garden. Okay, yes, total access. They had, their bodies were meant to live forever. Um, There was no wrinkles on them, no. They were not going to wear out. They were always going to be energetic. Their bodies were meant to live forever. There is like a full warranty on this. Okay, and they had dominion. He gave them rule, didn't he? This was, God, this was how God created them in the beginning. 
And they had all of these things available to them. And he said, just, just don't do this one thing. Okay. But no. They did not listen. They blew it. They blew it. And they didn't just blow it for them. They blew it for everybody. All right. So I was, I was looking in Genesis it's in Genesis 2 that he tells them, and I'm going to turn there because I want to make sure that I get the instruction correct, okay? I don't, I don't want to mess up this instruction, but I'm telling you. In Genesis 2, okay, are you all there? Okay, God created... All, all of this thing. He's in the process here of creating everything. Um, I'm going to um, start in verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man. He commanded the man. Saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Now, this is just a little side note, and I thought it was funny because, and I mentioned this to Rex early, he didn't think it was as funny as I did. <clears throat> but we like to blame Eve. We like to blame, because she was the one who was deceived and ate first. Okay. But I just want you to notice that when God gave this command, he said, do not eat of this tree. He gave that to man. Eve wasn't even created yet. So I'm just hypothesizing that the man did not give her accurate instructions. Because later, because later, when he's talking to the devil, right, she kind of adds a little something in there that God did not say. She said, because she's having this conversation, he's trying to trick her, and... Chapter 3, verse 2, says, And the woman said to because he's saying, um, Has God said to you, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, well, that was not exactly accurate, was it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the man wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm just, just a theory. Just a theory. But anyway, that is not my message. But I just thought that was funny. Interesting. That Eve was not created yet. Okay, but we know what happened anyway. They both, they both messed up. They both messed up. And, and so it just kind of went downhill from there. And so sin is disobeying. It's breaking God's instruction. And we know from Romans 6, 23, what that means. It says the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty with sin, and it's death. So when he said, you shall surely die in that day that you do that, he didn't just mean they're going to just uh, drop dead physically right then and there. No, it just means death is set in. Death is set in, and it's not just physical. It's in every area. It is spirit, soul, and body. They would die. Amen. And so our spirit, our spirit is where we have that, 
where we're either connected to God or we're not, right? We're either his child or we're not. So when we died spiritually that day, we were separated from God. We did not know, have that access any longer like they had when he, was, he created them. Um, soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Okay? And so we died there. Our mind became corrupt. Amen? In our body. This is where, you know, where their body would not wear out and decay. Now sickness and disease is, is death and process, basically. So that day when they sinned, there was a penalty. There was a penalty, and it was death in every area. Amen? But God did not create them that way. God created them whole. And that's, that's kind of a theme throughout, my, throughout what I say tonight. If, if one thing you might take from tonight, even if I don't continue to harp on it, is that God wants us whole. He wants us whole. Amen. So their one act of sin and did that wholeness. And so instead of wholeness, they had brokenness. And we see this. We see the effects of this in the world today, don't we? It just continues to go down and down and down. Okay, the brokenness because of sin. Amen. But God, he already knew. He already knew what they were going to do. And so what does God do? God already makes a way. He's already got a plan. He's like, I already know what I'm going to do when they mess it up. Because they're going to mess it up. I know this. Um, but he had a plan. He had a plan to restore everything that was lost. Amen. So we're just, this is our history lesson. So God's remedy for sin and for brokenness was Jesus and the cross. And so let's look at Romans 5. Don't you like that? That God already sees, he already knows, and he's already made provision. What is that? I know those of you who study Old Testament stuff. What's the redemptive name of God that means that God shall provide? Well, Jehovah Jireh. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I do know that one. It means the Lord shall provide. Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord that provides. He already sees the need. He's already made a provision. I do know it. I do know that. I was just tricking you. He's going to go. Oh my gosh. Romans 5. I'm going to read a little bit here, starting in verse 6. Okay. Um, well, I'll start in verse 5 because the sentence starts there. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Am I, I'm, I'm not in the right chapter. Sorry. I'll get it together. Chapter 5, verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood. I notice, notice that. We are justified by his blood. We shall be saved 
from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him to come. But the free gift, yes, the free gift, is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. I'm almost done, but this is good. I'm getting to a point here. And the gift, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift, but the free gift, which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through that one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift, there it is again, the gift of righteousness will reign in life. It, you notice it doesn't say reign after you die. No. It says we will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm almost done. I'm going to finish it. I'm sorry. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act. The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." Well, that is really, really good. That is really good. But it it is a theme throughout that. It is a free gift. It is a free gift. Amen. Amen. So Jesus gave us this gift. But I want you to notice something. It was not just for the forgiveness of our sins. Okay, so we can go to heaven. There was more in that pack. When he gave us this gift... There were many things in that. Remember, I'm talking about the package deal. There were many things in this package, okay? Um, I want to, because we say redemption, atonement, salvation, you know, these all, we kind of use these words interchangeably. But redemption, basically, it's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for a payment or for clearing a debt. So we had a debt, we had to, just by the sheer fact that we were humans born from the seed of Adam, right? We had that debt, and it had to be paid because God is a just God. God is a just God, and so he requires payment for that. But Jesus, Jesus was the payment for that debt we owed, amen, because of sin. 
he paid the final invoice. Don't y'all like that? When y'all get, because there was no more sacrifice required after Jesus. In the Old Testament, they had to keep sacrificing and to cover sin. But Jesus' sacrifice removed the sin. So that's, that's good. Yeah, the Old, Old Testament sacrifice, they were just covering it so God didn't see it. Jesus made it so it wasn't even there. Amen? Amen. That means past, present, future. There is no more requirement. If we're trusting in Jesus, there is no more requirement of that debt to be paid. Amen? So, it's a free gift. And I want you to think about this. We can never earn it. We can never do anything to earn it. We will never be good enough to earn it. And that's important. That's important that you understand that and realize that, that I, I cannot do anything. I cannot be good enough to earn what Jesus did for me. Um, because a lot of times we want to punish ourselves. We think we don't deserve something. And so we're, we don't allow ourselves to reach for that. Okay, it can be in the, in the gift box that God has handed you, but maybe you don't count yourself worthy enough to reach in there and get it. Okay, but when you see that there is nothing, you cannot do anything. You cannot do anything to earn the free gift that he gave you. And so we should not be trying to pay a debt or, or accepting a punishment for something that was paid in full. Amen. So remember, Jesus not only made a way for us to have a relationship with the Father again, that's forgiveness of sins, but he regained for us he, the possessions, everything that we had before the fall, everything that was a result of sin, he got those things back for us also. And so remember, what did they have before? Before that fall, before that sin, they had access to God. Remember, they were healthy. Remember, Jesus redeemed it all. He, he got it all back. He paid the price for all of it, for it to be restored. They were healthy. They had abundance. They didn't have any lack. He just said, just don't eat that one tree. They had a whole bunch of other trees they could eat. Right? <clears throat> That's like the tithe. You know, he just says, don't touch that one thing. But you got all the rest of it. Amen? They had dominion. They had authority. Jesus got it back for us. That authority that we turned over to the devil, those who are in Christ, we've already been restored to that authority. Now, whether or not we walk in it, that's up to us. Amen. But he already, he already provided, he already gave you the gift box. You have to reach in and get it. And notice, they were whole. They were whole, spirit, soul, and body. That is what Jesus did for us. He got that back for us. Our wholeness is restored to us if we believe it. Amen. And so I just want to turn over. I just love this passage in Isaiah 53. This is going to show you what he did, spirit, soul, and body. 
Isaiah 53. And now, this was prophesied about Jesus before he was even on the scene, wasn't it? Amen. Isaiah 53, 1, says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, so Jesus, shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. Let's stop right there, because the Bible says no servant is above his master. Jesus was despised and rejected by men. Okay, so we, we should not think it's strange if people despise and reject us. Amen? Anyway, going on, it says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, they mistranslated this because the Hebrew words that were in here, it says, actually, sorrows is supposed to be pains and grief is supposed to be sicknesses. So it should read, a man of pains and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him. Surely, I like that. Surely, that means he most sure, ha- he has for sure. <laughs> he has for sure borne our sicknesses and carried our pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Okay, there's our sin. Okay, he was wounded for those sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. So that takes care of our spirit right there. This is what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Listen to the next part. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. This, is, this deals with our soul. Okay? This deals with our soul. He, he gave us his peace. Not, I wrote it down. Uh, John fourteen seven. You know, it says, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives it, not because the world doesn't have any peace to give. But Jesus, he said, my peace I give to you. Amen. We take that. We take that. And then this last part. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. This takes care of spirit, soul, and body right here. Amen. So redemption, when we, we hear in churches all across the world, every church you've ever gone to, we focus on the forgiveness of sins. We focus on making Jesus our Lord. And we should. I mean, all the other stuff is contingent upon that, upon us asking him to be our Lord. Amen. But a lot of times we get really excited about that and then just really don't even mention the rest of it. But God's saying... There's some, you need to look in that box there, because I got some peace here for you. Oh, here's some healing for you, right? That, that package is for wholeness. It's not just for being forgiven for sins. That package is for wholeness. Amen? So what he did, he, he, we brought, we've been brought from death to life. John 10, 10, it says, for the thief, right? The thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't say, I came that you would be forgiven of your sins. No, he said life. That's life. He didn't say, 
I came so that you're forgiven, and then when you die, you will enter into that eternal glory. No, he said, I came that you may have life. And abundantly, that is, right? Um, let me ask you this. Isn't salvation, would you say that salvation is for everyone that would receive? We would. We, I don't think anybody in here would say that God wills everybody to be saved except maybe a few people. No. It's, it's based on who wants to receive him. Amen. Um, but so is healing. I think this right here should answer the question, is healing for everybody? Because you cannot separate healing from the redemption, the redemptive work of Christ. You cannot separate uh, healing from that equation. If salvation's for everybody, healing's for everybody. Peace is for everybody. Amen. So... If, if you've had that question, that could be right there. What's hindering you from receiving healing is not knowing if he wants you to have it. Well, he wants you to have it because he, he provided it at the cross. He already provided it. Amen. So wholeness is for now in this lifetime. And so I just want to stir you up on a few things about this tonight before we go. Um, number one, you cannot earn. You cannot earn what God already gave. Um, we can never be good enough. So just get it out of your head. You're not going to do anything to work your way into re- deserving anything he's done for us. Um, when we try to earn what he's already given, we are basically trusting in what we can do and not in what he's already done. We trust ourselves more than God when we try to earn what he's freely given. That's right. Amen. Number two, don't let anyone, don't let anyone, that would be the devil, that would be people, that would be a symptom, talk you out of something that God has provided for you. Amen. Letting a symptom talk you out of healing is like a person trying to talk you out of your salvation. Hey, someone, could I talk you, Stacy, out of your... I don't think you've been a very nice girl lately. And I'm not really sure that you're saved. I think you messed up last week. You were mean to your husband. You took a paper clip from the office. Can I make you start to question your salvation? Are you sure? Okay, but isn't that what a symptom does? Okay, we know from the Bible right here, it says we're healed. He already did it. He already provided it. Okay, but now a symptom shows up and says, are you really sure about that now? Okay, treat that symptom like a person trying to talk you out of your salvation. Okay. We need to just resolve ourselves. If the Bible says it, we're going to believe it. And then that settles it right there. I know those voices, those symptoms can be loud sometimes. And they, they try to say things like, uh, 
well, I'm still around, so I don't really think it's working for you. Okay? But anything that suggests something other than what the Bible says is a lie. Okay? So if I'm trying to tell Stacy she's not really saved because of all the bad things she did last week. I say that because she's like a saint, you know, Saint Stacy. Um, she would say I'm lying. I'm flat out lying. If I say, you're not saved, Stacy, that statement's a lie. Okay, so don't let a symptom tell you that you're not healed because it's a lie. You know why I know it's a lie? Because the Bible says you're healed. Uh, yeah. And when we accept a lie as the truth, that lie becomes your reality. And so this is, that's the trick of the enemy. He's going to suggest some things to you. He's going to maybe give you some symptoms. This is like the FedEx guy coming to the door. And maybe I didn't order something, okay? I didn't order that package. And they're coming and they're saying, here, I think this package belongs to you. Okay, well, am I going to sign for it or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think I have, that doesn't have my name on it. A symptom shows up at our door. That doesn't say we're never going to have something show up at our doorstep. But are we going to sign for it? If I sign for it, I'm basically taking possession of it. Yeah, that symptom, it's in my body. It must be mine. And we, we take it. We sign for that package. So don't sign for the package that the, the devil... We know it's from the devil if it's not in the Word. Okay? If strife tries to work its way into your home, well, don't sign for that package. Recognize, whoa, wait a minute, wait. Uh, the Bible says to not do that. You know, the Bible says to keep peace in the home. What is it? We're strife and confusion and strife. There's... You know, every, there's confusion in every evil work. I got that a little messed up, but you know what I mean. If there's strife, it brings confusion in every evil work. We know that that's what the Bible says. So when it tries to show up at your door, don't sign for it. You're going you're to return that package to the sender with the word of God. Say, no, 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 no. Strife doesn't belong here. I didn't order that package. That, that Rona did not, I did not order that package, okay? Return to sender. Okay? So we have, to, we have to learn how to turn away the FedEx guy, okay? Or turn away the insulation people. Not your people right there. But it's kind of funny because about a month or so ago, well, a couple months, I don't know, a long time ago, the insulation guys... We were going to have some insulation done in our attic. And uh, they, I had a certain idea in my mind what they were going to be doing. Well, they showed up, and Chris was not around, and I just don't like it. He's not supposed to be gone when people show it up at our house because I don't talk to people like that. They just need to... 
I was like, no, I don't want to call the pizza guy. I don't want to be on the phone with anybody. You know, but no, they showed up. I could not get a hold of him. He was in prayer. So I'm texting Brother Philip because I know Brother Philip's in prayer, right? He's got his phone. I'm texting Brett. I'm like, hey, these guys are here. And they are telling me something that, that I don't recall them doing. So I sent them away. I'm like, you can come back another day. But anyway, we need to do that with the devil. Now, I'm not quite sure that I should... I don't know that I agreed to that symptom. And I'm not sure that that's what I... I don't think I signed up for that one. So take a bat, devil. And if you've already signed for a package that the Bible says you shouldn't have signed for, and you come across it and you realize, ooh, oh, I should not have accepted those symptoms, or I should have not allow this strife to be going on my home as long as I have been. You can still return that package. I hit the mute button. I mean, that's me. It's my fault. You can still return that package. Um, Now, if, if I receive a cow or something being delivered to my house, and I don't realize I did not sign up for that. I thought someone was giving me a gift or something. And so I let them live in my backyard for a while. And then I realized one day, whoa, that does not belong to me. And I send it back. I'm going to have some cow patties in my yard. Okay. And so you may have accepted and put up with a package that was delivered for a while. And you can still return that. But there, you may have to, it may take some time to get rid of the effects of you letting that Stay at your house for a while, okay? But eventually, those will kind of, you know, scatter and fertilize my yard, okay? So just know this. Don't sign for a package you did not ask for or that the word says you don't have to take. And if you have, just decide right now, I'm going to return that package. I'm going to return that sickness because it does not belong to me because Jesus did more than forgive my sins. He gave me peace. And he gave me healing. He gave me wholeness in my body. Amen. And wholeness for my life. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a good point. I like that point. <laughs> okay. The third one. Let the word of God have the final word. Amen. Romans 3, 4. It says, let God be true and every man a liar. Okay. I don't always. Do you always feel saved? No, you don't always feel saved. Do you always feel rich? Do you always feel joyful? Do you always feel healed? We don't always feel like it. Um, but we're, we're not to be controlled by our feelings. Do we, we expect our kids to do things even when they don't feel like it. Yeah. Well, God expects us to do some things even when we don't feel like it. He expects us to believe him over a symptom. Amen. So if you have to decide, if you have to make a choice um, between what you feel or between symptoms or, you know, or between what God says, well, we're going to choose God's word. We're going to choose, I don't care, you know, I'm choosing God's word over my feelings. I'm choosing God's word over my bank account. I'm choosing God's word um, over this 
troubling thought that's trying to come to my mind. I'm choosing God's word over the symptom that's trying to attack my body. And maybe it's lingered around a little while, but that just means that's a persistent FedEx guy. Okay, and I'm about to pull out my AR-15, okay? Because that thing's going away. Okay, so choose what God's word says. Make God's word your final authority. Amen. Okay, turn to Romans 10. Romans 10. How do do we do this, though? How do we, we know that from what I've told you and what, what you've read in the word to this point, we know that God has given us wholeness. He has offered us the package of wholeness. And so how do, we, how do we get in that package and get in and benefit from it? Okay, Romans 10, verse 10, or I'm going to start in 8, verse 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay, verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is key right here. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When you became born again, when you became a child of God, what happened? You heard the word preached, and you probably heard it multiple times. You probably heard the salvation multiple times before you actually accepted that invitation to the altar. Is that right? You know, this is good because I just thought about this. We can hear the healing word many, many times before we actually accept that invitation. But anyway, when you were born again, you heard the word and you heard it over and over. But you know what? One day faith entered. You believed that word. One day you believed that word um, in your heart. And what did you do? Like when I was saved, it was in a Baptist church, and I knew just, I had sat in that church, I don't know how many times when I was a kid. But one day during the altar, that, that pull, you know, that tug, that I believed it that day. I'm like, I need to, I think I need to go up there. And I, I tried to get my mom to go with me. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're going to have to do this on your own. And I'm so glad she said that. You know, because it's not between me, her, and God. It's between me and God. But, uh, yeah, sometimes we got to, it's us and God. You don't need somebody else in the situation. Um, and so I went, went forward, and that a Baptist preacher, he led me in the sinner's prayer. I confess my sin. And I asked Jesus into my heart, okay? So I, we hear the word. We hear the word. We believe that word in our heart. This is how we got saved. We receive what he offers us. By conf- we confessed it, didn't we? And then we experienced it. Now, did we, did, I don't know, maybe you did. I sensed a little lightness after that. But did everything immediately change in my life? No. Now, I was a kid, and so... I thank God that is my testimony. 
that I missed out on a whole bunch of junk, right? That is a good testimony. <laughs> Sometimes I tell Chris, I don't feel like I have much of a testimony. No, it is a testimony that I got saved at an early age and, ha- and missed out on a whole bunch of junk that other people have to go through. Amen. But you notice, we believe in our heart and we receive it with our mouth. Why, why think that it has to be any other way for the other things that he's given to us? That it's a free gift. Okay, so we can apply this to any area. We know healing belongs to us. We hear it and we hear it and we hear it. Okay? But it's when that faith comes for that word, that word. It could be healing. It could be provision. It could be um, believing God for a sound mind. Okay, we have to hear the word of God in that area. And then we believe it in our heart. Okay, but we're going to take possession of that with our mouth. We're going we're to say something like, Oh, Lord, I see it in your word right here. You have put the gift of healing. You've put that in the box. It came in that package. It's already sitting with me. I already have possession of that box. I just haven't pulled out that gift. I just haven't accessed that gift. Okay, but let's not make healing hard. I know I'm focusing on healing. There's lots of other things, many other things that God has provided us with. But I think healing sometimes is one that we struggle with because it's so in, in you know, it affects our bodies. Okay, but if you just think back to being saved, he says, come with childlike faith. Come in a child, you'll tell them something and they'll just believe it. I mean, you could say a unicorn is in the backyard. They've never seen a unicorn. They've probably been told they do not exist. But if someone of authority in their life says there is a unicorn in the backyard, they're going to believe it. Even if they've never seen one. This is our approach to God. If we believe that, if we, if we confess, God, I, I know I don't deserve anything, but you said all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus, I'm calling upon you right now. I'm calling upon you right now. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. We believe that, don't we? We believe that. And we receive it just like that. That's how, that's how we receive our healing. There are other ways to receive. People can lay hands on you. There's a special gifts. God's given us lots of many ways. You know why that is? Because he wants you to be healed. He's like, I'm going to make a whole bunch of ways available to you because I want you healed and I want you whole. Amen. But it can be as simple as, look, I see it in the word. I see it in the word. And Lord, I receive it. I receive wholeness in my body. And that's, and sometimes I, I think we, you know, focus in on one little thing and then maybe we got multiple things bothering us. And so we focus on this and then this and then this, you know, we're naming off five or six different things that we are believing God to heal us of. And why don't, why don't we just say, Lord, I thank you for wholeness. Wholeness is everything. I mean, that's going to cover you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Wholeness. Amen. He wants wholeness for us. Amen. Amen. So we just have to, we receive it with childlike faith. 
we, we have to believe it first. Amen. We have to believe it first, and then we're going to receive it with our mouth. Amen. So God has done so much for us, hasn't he? He has done so much for us. And let's just not halfway unwrap that present. Amen. Let's, let's no goodies left in that box. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get everything. I'm going to lick the plate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out the crumbs. Okay? I want everything. I want everything that's in there that belongs to me. We should not be satisfied with wholeness in one area and brokenness in another. Amen. We shouldn't be satisfied with health and healing, uh, but, you know, there's no love in our home. Amen. So, praise God. I thank God that he has made us whole. He's provided it anyway. We, we have to unwrap that package. Amen. But he has provided wholeness for us. I want you to go out of this place tonight, and you're, you're believing you're going to come into the wholeness that God has provided for you. Amen. That, that means your mind. The word says he has given us a sound mind. He knew that things were going to be troubling out there. He already knew that. He already knew the bad things were going to be going on in the world. He already knew, you know, Satan's out there working. He's a thief, right? He's a thief. He's creating chaos. But God says, I've given you a sound mind. Amen. Amen. We've got to tap into all that he's given us. Let's not be satisfied. One area of our life doing good, but the rest of it's not. Okay, we need to reach for the wholeness that he has provided to us. Amen. Amen. So, Father God, we worship you tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we see, Lord, we see that you have done more than the forgiveness.